Today's scripture comes from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. How many people have enjoyed like uh, Easter egg hunts and things like that this morning? Have you done that? You've searched for eggs yourself? You watched? Well, it's wonderful. You know, one of the the nicest things about Easter is, is, is children. I love to watch uh, kids, uh, they're out there and everything. Um, this, is, this is actually me um, in the uh, <laughs> very early, I did have hair at one time, it's, that's true. And that's a, that's a nice uh, plaid jacket there and uh, those shoes are uncomfortable. Here, here's another uh, shot there, uh, even younger, another Easter morning filled with wonder. Uh, and, and this is this morning, so this is... <laughs> Uh, still filled with wonder. Um, children, that's the beautiful thing. I, I wish that we could hang on to that as adults. We, we, we seem to lose sometimes the, the very gifts that are given to kids, and it makes me wonder why, you know, Jesus always said, be childlike. Uh, let the children come to me. He was very uh, pro you know, that, that youthful feeling, because when we're kids, we're, we're filled with wonder, we're filled with excitement, and even like Easter, you know, we, we're looking for the Easter eggs and all of that kind of stuff, and we don't know where we're looking, but we're still looking, and we find, and just that exploratory thing, we ask questions, you know, it's, it's the world is a mystery to us, and we're okay with that, but as we get older, sometimes we, we, we run into things that are uh, more realistic and, and darker, and we start to feel uh, a little bit more pessimistic in our lives. Uh, we, we start to lose that sense of imagination and that sense of wonder. And it's very important, I, I think, for us to follow what Jesus said about being childlike because that means hanging on to that spirit, hanging on to that wonder, hanging on to that imagination, hanging on to that youthful feeling that says, this doesn't make sense, but I believe it. This is not, you know, uh, uh, something I can, I, can, I can feel or touch, but it gives me hope. Those are the kind of things that we must hang on to, and those are the things that we must pass on to each other and to uh, spread that joy to people, that Easter joy. It's something that we, I hope that we never lose. I hope that you, if you have children in your life, I hope that you uh, have them teach you this morning. I hope that you uh, learn something from them this morning. The imagination, the energy, the excitement, the, 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 the chaos. You know, when I was a kid, um, I remember one of my earliest Easter's. I think it was probably one of those where I was probably in the striped shirt. And I was determined that I was going to see 
the Easter Bunny. I, 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 we had a, a, our bedroom uh, was here, and then it went, the door opened into a hallway, and down the hallway, you could see just around the corner the living room, and the living room is always where the, the Easter surprises were. And so I thought I was going to stay up, and I was going to try to find uh, the Easter Bunny. I was so nervous, and I was so, you know, just filled with excitement and, and, and fear and all that stuff, you know. And I remember getting up, and uh, it, to me, it was probably, the, it felt like the middle of the night, but it was probably like 8.30 or something like that. But, you know, you, I, I remember uh, peeking around the corner of my bedroom door, and down the hallway, I saw a foot peeking just around the corner in the living room. I saw a foot, and immediately, I was just... So excited and terrified at the same time. I wanted to run down the hallway and say, you know, hey, you know, I see you and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I just got afraid. And so I ran back into my bed. And I was just so excited. And I, and I put the blankets over me, you know, and I fell asleep. And I remember the, that morning, you know, my, my brother and, and my sister, we ran out. And I was telling everybody, I saw the Easter Bunny. I saw, I saw the Easter Bunny's foot. It was right there where Dad's slipper is. <laughs> it was right in the, in the same exact spot that Dad's slipper was. And so we have questions, we have wonder, we explore. I don't think the disciples were much different than that. I think when we look at Easter and we look at children seeking, finding, we can think of what the disciples were feeling. The disciples were like children, very much like children. This was a new faith to them. Things were new to them. I want to talk about Thomas. Thomas oftentimes gets a, a bad rap. He's, he's called Doubting Thomas. And people look at him as kind of the, the, the bad guy, you know, like he didn't believe, but everyone else did. I want to put ourselves into Thomas's shoes just for a while, or Thomas's sandals. Thomas was called the twin. It was a nickname, actually. The name Thomas is the nickname. We don't even know really what his actual name was. It was just the twin. And some people think that he looked like one of the disciples. Uh, it, it was a nickname, so it, it, no one really thinks that he was actually a twin. It, they felt like he was, uh, resembled somebody. A lot of historians actually believe that he resembled Jesus physically. And so they called him the twin as kind of a, a, a loving compliment. And Thomas, for three years, got to be with Christ. Can you imagine that? For three years, his life was filled with imagination and wonderment and miracles. This guy got to walk with somebody that he had never experienced before in his life. It's not... When, he, when you're among the 12, when you think of Jesus walking from town to town, and I've mentioned this before, he, they, he didn't just walk with the 12. He walked with um, the, the, the 12 plus disciples. That means that followers of Jesus. There, there were women. There were children. Uh, women actually were one of the biggest funders. of. They helped uh, pay for the meals and, and, the, and lodging and stuff as they went along. But the 12, the reason they were called the 12 is because they were part of Jesus' inner circle. They were the ones closest to him. They were the ones that truly the stories that we hear in Scripture came from. 
because they were the ones that verbally shared those stories. And for many years, they were verbally shared. They were uh, uh, orally uh, told to one another until later they were been able to have been written down. In the days of Jesus, there was a lot of illiteracy, and people didn't really read a lot, and they didn't really write a lot, but they told the stories. And the reason that a lot of these, uh, the inner 12 were able to share these stories is because they were right there with the living God. It means they got to walk with him. They got to see when he performed astonishing miracles. They, they got to see him speak with authority that they had never heard before. Before Jesus, uh, religious leaders would say, um, God says this, or I have heard this. But Jesus was the first one to say, I tell you this. It was spellbounding. It was revolutionary. It was something they had never experienced before. And it took a lot of courage to walk with him. But what they saw was confirming. They saw him heal people when nobody else could. They saw people that could not see, could not walk. They saw people that were left out of the temple because of their ailments. And they saw him welcome them and heal them. Imagine that. You're walking daily for three years, every day of your life. You are waking up with this this man that is doing these incredible things. And even more so than the, the miracles, you're witnessing him say things that you've never really heard before. It's, it, he was changing traditions. The tradition before Jesus was love those who love you, hate those who hate you. That was what we followed. And then Jesus comes around and he says, love those that love you and love your enemies. Love those that persecute you. This was astonishing. It was unbelievable. And, and Thomas is witnessing this firsthand. Firsthand. He is seeing what this movement of just a couple of fishermen walking around and starting to talk, suddenly growing into this mass of people. He was there when Jesus took just a couple of loaves of bread and a little bit of fish and fed 5,000 people. Plus tartar sauce. He, did, he had tartar sauce. He just handed out the tartar sauce. Nobody mentions that. It's an asterisk. I think it's in the Greek version. Because you can't have fish without tartar sauce. I'm sorry. There's no way you're eating that with tartar sauce. But he got to see all of this stuff. He got to see when they were walking and the disciples, you know, sometimes would get it wrong. Like when children would come to him and they'd say, no, 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 go away because this is, a, this is a, an adult thing. And Jesus is saying, all right, you guys, stop it. Bring the kids to me. And unless you were like them, you will never even see the kingdom of heaven. In other words, unless you have that innocence, unless you have that open-mindedness, unless you have that, that mystery about you, you're not going to get what I'm about because what I'm also about is the things that you cannot see. During the times of the miracles, during the times of all of this uh, big movement, they were also living in a time of great persecution. 
To be an Israelite was not something that you woke up feeling secure about. You were in an occupied territory. The chances of being an Israelite and knowing somebody that had been um, abused, persecuted, jailed, or even brutally killed uh, was pretty high. Because in Rome, that's the way that they dealt with uh, unruly people. Crucifixion was not just for Jesus. Crucifixion was the way that they did things. Uh, People that lived in this community knew about crucifixion. The word excruciating is an origin from crucifixion, meaning immense pain. The Romans were, they did not invent crucifixion. They mastered it. And when I say they mastered it, it means that they created a way to keep you alive as long as possible in the most pain that you could possibly have as long as you could hanging on there. And the purpose of that was so other people would see you. Oftentimes they did this on the entranceway into town. So when you were an outsider walking into the community, you would see this is your warning. You're welcome here, but if you step out of line, this will be you. That's the kind of fear that Thomas lived in at that time. He also lived in a time where they were hoping that the Messiah, meaning the chosen one, would come. And they were hoping that he would come like a warrior, like a warrior that would, that would annihilate the opposition, that would bring them back to a time of greatness. And what Thomas has seen for the three years that he's walking with Jesus is not a warrior, but somebody that is actually bringing a message of peace. Someone that is actually bringing a message of not violence, but of understanding. He's seen somebody that actually is having conversations with centurion, Romans, Roman soldiers. He's healing their people. He's helping them. This is something that is not something that they wanted to see, but they saw it. They saw him reaching out to anybody that came to him. They saw him welcoming the people from the outside inside. And they saw him saying, love your enemies. This was so unbelievable. But Thomas witnessed it. He was there walking with it every day. I can imagine what it was like to walk with him every day and just to see what a day was like. Remember, the book of John says that only a couple of things were written that were were logged in the Gospels. The rest of it, you know, it was just like what we see today is the highlights. But for three years, every day he saw this stuff. Every day he saw him reaching out to people. He saw him welcoming children. He saw him welcoming outsiders. He saw him talking about peace. He saw him doing miracles every day. And you can just imagine as they camped out at night, thinking about as he's lying under the stars, what has my life become? I'm here with with this. This is unbelievable. But like Jesus, there were other people before Jesus that called themselves the Messiah. There were other people even named Jesus that called themselves the Messiah. History shows us that there were movements that tried to get going, 
And what would happen in these movements is that there were people that would say, I'm the chosen one, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ. And they would gather followers. And the Romans would say, not in this house. And they would take them, they would take the leader, and they'd put them up on that cross. And what the people around there would witness is that that movement would die. As soon as that person was hung or killed, that movement died with them. It didn't have the staying power. It didn't have the things that were going on. And it was different because the things that they were talking about and all that stuff were almost about um, uh, overthrowing the government, overthrowing things like that, using uh, violence, instigating the, the soldier mentality. And then they were put on the cross and everything died. So the movements were not unusual to people. The attempted movement, uh, movements were not um, foreign to these guys. But what they were seeing stood out as something a little bit different. Because it wasn't a, a, a military coup. It was not something about uh, strength. It was not something about we versus them. It was about something incredibly brand new. But in Thomas's eyes, at this time, in this day in history, it still ended the same way. The night that they, cho- they took Jesus away, which would have been Friday night, their hope was, doubt- was, was diminished. They scattered. They did not stick around to see what was going to happen to Jesus. But they knew because it had happened before. And word quickly passed that Jesus was dying on a cross. And Thomas, like many of the other disciples, were alone and devastated. How could this have happened? The... For three years, I saw this miracle. I saw this. It was different than those other movements. It was completely different. How could this, how could this have ended the same way? Why did they kill him? How could he have, how could he have died? He just hung there. For three years, we saw all of this authority, and he hung He talked about, you know, giving his life and everything like that, but we never really, you don't understand that very much. I mean, you could say, I could tell you that I'm going to give my life to you, and you'd say, well, that's brave of you, and you you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't really sink in. And there was Thomas, wondering, maybe, perhaps, was it all worth it? Remember, Thomas was a human being. The heroes in the Bible were, were, were human beings. Any one of us, wherever we are, whoever we are, could have been a Thomas. And when you see that happen, when you hear that that's happened, your hope is gone. Jesus is dead. And then a couple of days later, your friends come up to you and they say, hey, uh, guess what? Uh, we saw him. 
Imagine yourself a couple of days after any funeral and somebody says, saw him. I was at Walmart. There he was. <laughs> Buying tartar sauce. <laughs> Thomas was the most, at that time, of the ones that had not seen Jesus, perhaps the one that was the most honest. You know, in, in movies, when you're writing a script, you'll see this in movies quite often. They will always create a character that speaks for the audience. Uh, in the action hero, when the action hero says, I'm going to go here, you know, when, when Batman says, I'm going to go here, and th there's always someone that says, don't be crazy, you'll be killed. They're speaking for the audience. They're telling, they're, they're projecting what we're supposed to be thinking. When you see a comedy and somebody bashes their head in the wall and you see somebody going, well, that was stupid, you know, that's, they're speaking for us. Thomas speaks for us. Jesus was hung on a cross and he died. Thomas is asking the questions that we would ask. Prove it. Really? Because this has never happened before. Prove it. Unless I see the holes, unless I put my hand in the side, which is gross, I mean, I could have seen, you know, I would have just stopped it, let me see it, I, not put, I want to touch it, and that's no. But he's saying things that we might say. And then a week later, <laughs> I love how they put a week later like it's no big deal. But this is a guy that spent every day of his life walking three years with Jesus. That week had to have seemed very lonely and very long and very hopeless. They're sitting around. He's there with a couple of disciples. They're playing pinochle. And I love how it says, the doors were shut, but Jesus appeared. I always like that he went, ba-boom, you know, hello. And he said, Thomas, hey, come here. Put your hand here. Feel this. You see? And in that moment, in that moment, Thomas drops to his knees and says, My Lord, my God. It was real to him. He wanted to believe it. And there it was. And Jesus didn't say, um, you were wrong. Get out of here. He said, you, you see, you believe because you see. And, and blessed are those that believe without seeing. Jesus is sending us a message 2,000 years ago. He's telling us that you'll have doubts. You'll have questions. That's why Thomas is still part of that inner 12. The doubters are not people that are distanced from Jesus. The doubters were right there walking with Jesus. And that gives us permission 
the question to doubt. Today's world, we see a lot of negativity. We see a lot of hurtful things going on. We see a lot of division. Some of us, we have doubts. We have questions. But on this Easter morning, what I pray for all of us is that we look beyond those. That the person that sees things differently than we do, that we still see them as a child of God. That we remember that Jesus came for peace. And I hope that we, we can't see the, the nails. We, I can't show you any of that. I, I can't show you the wounds. I can't show you physical evidence. But I hope I can show you love. Because like Christ, love sometimes takes a bit of faith. You can't see love. You can't just say, this is love. Look, I jarred it for you. We, we, we sold it. And sometimes love even makes us question. Sometimes love even hurts. But love is still there. And I believe that love is still there because Christ is still there. We all have this default in us that we want to be loved. We all have this default in us that we want to love. I believe that programming comes from God. And I believe it came to life in Christ. I pray that we allow ourselves to be childlike and relish in that mystery and welcome that spirit and share it. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, this is a day that you have made. Let us rejoice and truly, truly be glad in it. Amen. I hope that when we leave here today, that we take a little bit of childhood with us. And then instead of looking for eggs, I mean, if you want to look for eggs, that, that's fine. Um, but we also look for blessings. We, we look for uh, things that we have in common with people. We, we don't look for the, the differences or the, uh, uh, the, the things of hatred, but we look for things that can bring us together. The understanding, patience. I hope we look for Christ, and I know you'll find him.